Yaakov, so I have a story, Yaakov Koko, that I want to share with you that happened to me, Parsha Shlach. So I'll take you on a trip. Something that happened to me, Parsha Shlach, that I want to share with the Hevra. This story goes back, I'd like to say about 22 years ago, Shlaima. I was living in a city in Yerushalayim where Akiva hails from. Akiva does come from Yerushalayim. Akiva Lang. Akiva Lang's great, Akiva Lang's grandfather is a tremendous musician, Shelley Lang. And my father's very good friends with him. And I think my father might have even taught Shelley Lang how to play accordion. But I'm not sure about that. But I think he taught him. You could ask Yezeda. My father taught Yezeda to play accordion. It might be true. I think that's true. But they're very good friends. That's 100% true. It could be like a cool thing. Imagine the guy who says, I taught like Shlomo Kalbach to play guitar. It's like a cool thing. My father taught Shelley Lang to play accordion. If it's true, it's cool. But I'm not sure. I think it's true. And I asked the Zayd if it's true. You think it is? You think it is also? Okay. For sure they play music together. Okay. Ketzer Advarim is that 22 years ago, my wife and I were living in Sinatra Merchevet. And Sinatra Merchevet, I was a very youngster. Yeah, I was a little kid. A lot younger than that. Okay. So yeah, I was five. If you do the math, I was a, married very young. Back in the day, in the Torah, people used to get married younger. So okay, fine. The bottom line is I was living in Sinatra Merchevet. And... And my building was very, very Haredi. The community, Sanaj Murchevet, is a very, very from city. Beautiful from city. And that's the city. My whole building, one above me, Viggy, the house above was a, was a Kailo couple. They had a couple of kids, beautiful family. They were, he learned in Kamenetz. He was a Kailo younger man in Kamenetz, which is the yeshiva. Kamenetz, the yeshiva that Ramayisha Aaron Stern was the mashkiach of, the great Ramayisha Aaron Stern was mashkiach in Kamenetz, beautiful yeshiva. He was in the Kamenetz yeshiva. In Kamenetz, in Europe, who was the Rosh Yeshiva Chevra? Who just said that? Say it loud. Rebaruch Ber. Rebaruch Ber Libwitz, the Talmud of Reb Chaim Brisker, was the Rosh Yeshiva of Kamenetz in Europe. This is the Kamenetz that was in Yerushalayim. And this guy, one above me, Shloyma, learned in the Kamenetz Yeshiva. Wonderful couple. My wife had nice shaykhs to her. I was a warm with the guy, Gishmak. One below us was a very interesting couple. My wife and I always wondered if they were maybe on some sort of witness protection program. I don't know what brought them to Nejim Rechevet. Such nice people. It was a mother and a daughter living in Nejim Rechevet. They were not typical, just their background, their history, their, they were not typical of the community we lived in. That was the family, a mother and a daughter. The mother maybe in her 50s, daughter in her 20s, something mashu, a mother and daughter, a single mom, single daughter, lived in the apartment one below us. Comes a day, I was at yeshiva, so I didn't witness the party. I must say, maybe I'm a little insulted that I wasn't invited to the party. It doesn't sound like my type of party. It sounds like the people below us threw, some, threw it down, bookishmak. 
and people came from outside the community, and the dress was in attire that people wear when they go swimming. And people came into this very Haredi community, Haredi building, in a dress that was less than Sneistic. It seems it was Gishmak, it seems they were trying to make Shadochim, but the, the Matzev was Lebedek. And people in the building were very upset. So I think the couple above me, I don't know for sure it was them, Somebody put up a big sign in the building, Knisa Bibinyanzeh, entrance into this structure, Ach Virak Bilvush Sanua. I'm sure it was grammatically correct. My Hebrew abilities aren't the best, but the sign was Smashu Kazeh, something like that. Entrance into this building is only, I remember it said Ach Virak. Something, that's what I recall, because I neither Harry from America, like I was trying to read the sign. I remember I had like a double Lushen. But I think it said, it said, am I saying it right, Akiva? Is only, only, double language of only, like emphasis. You can only come in here dressed sneistic, like a big sign went up. Now, Yaakov Koko, I was very frustrated. Why was I frustrated? I certainly understand that there has to be respect to the community you live in and completely understand the frustration people to come dressed in ways that we're trying to raise children and families a certain, a certain decorum, a certain way of dressing, completely understood. What frustrated me to no end, Yaakov, is that's not how to impact somebody. I was pals. My wife and I had a shaykhus to this wonderful mom and her daughter. Whoever hung up that sign, I watched. People weren't nunt and close. I would say, invite them over for a Shabbos dinner. Fabren, geschmack. Make a geschmack party that's, that's kosher and invite them over. All the ladies bring a good neshe party. Excellent kugel. Show them a kugel party over a beach party. Geschmack. But it bothered me that that's not the way to impact. So you hung up your sign. That I, when I saw the sign, I was like, I don't want to say nauseated. Maybe a guzma, maybe not. I was very upset. Very. I was upset that that's not how to impact. Come on. You hang up that. That's, I was like, that sign, that's going to help. Okay, now, now we've eliminated the problems. Now we brought more people are going to serve Hashem. It frustrated me. The sign was very frustrating to me. Listen to this, Maisa. I love the Svarim of the Chavetz Chaim. I love his Svarim. We all have people, we all, they're all Svarim and speakers that sometimes what they say resonates by you. By me, whenever the Chavetz Chaim comes out of his pen, I'm like, wow. The Chavetz Chaim is probably in the last hundred years in the world, I don't think there's a better mushal giver, maybe hundreds of years. His, his Mashalim are like, are you kidding me, Mashalim? And in general, the Chavetz Chaim's Torah always resonates by me. So I, for many years, try to study the Chavetz Chaim's Torah. There's somebody here, Aaron Metz, who's Tata of Yaakov Metz, one of my best friends, is a Bucky in the writings of the Chavetz Chaim. He knows it very, very well. He would argue on me saying so and doesn't, you know, and always is humble, but he's tremendously proficient and loves the Chavetz Chaim's writings and knows it far better than I do. 
I don't think we didn't get into it together, even though we learned for many years together. We didn't get into it together. We each independently got obsessed with the Chavetz Chaim's writings. He wrote a lot. There's a lot to learn from the Chavetz Chaim. Everybody knows about Shmiris Halashin. Could you imagine a person who changed the course of history, this man? It's from the great idealists who's, who's lived on this earth, and the Chavetz Chaim changed the course of history. It's interesting, just to get a picture of the... I forgot the answer. Rebbe Chanan Wasman, there was a Dibuk. There was some huji buji that went inside a human being. There's writings about the story, and nobody can go close to the person, because the huji buji, if somebody came close, would say the Averis, the person did. People were running away. If you walked close to this man, a spirit went into a man, and if you walk close, he started saying the Averis you did. So nobody can go. There, they needed a minion of people. The Chavetz Chaim was going to take out the Dibbuk. He needed a minion to take it out. And nobody wanted to go there. So he had to bring like the Kedoshim who weren't afraid of that. You couldn't say anything. Anybody else would approach near. He would say the Averis you did. People would run away. <laughs> he would say things that nobody knew. Rebel Hanan went there. And there's nothing to say on Rebel Hanan Wasserman. And a few tzaddikim went there with the Chavetz Chaim. Rebbe Chanan asked the Dibbuk, not in front of his Rebbe, what the Chavetz Chaim is considered in Shemayim. He said a small Tana, if I remember. He said he's a small Tana, which is wild. The Tana's. I think he said he's a small Tana, but I don't want to, don't take that to the bank. I forgot the exact line. The Chavetz Chaim, the Chavetz Chaim, Rabbi Say, the Chavetz Chaim, so his writings resonate by me a lot, Shloyman. Things he says just really resonate. So I try for, I get very obsessed by a Sefer, and that becomes my Rebbe. And for a long time I was learning, I've learned, I've gotten obsessed with Hershey Svarim, and then I just pound it. I got, at that point, I was obsessed with the Chavetz Chaim Svarim and pounding it. So that parsha, I would try weekly, the Chavetz Chaim as Chavetz Chaim ala it's three, four, five vartim they collected from him. I don't think he wrote it there. They took a likut, they took things. It could be he wrote ala Torah. They've also, you could find places where they put together vartim on the parsha from the Chavetz Chaim. And I was reading Chavetz Chaim ala Torah. Weekly, that's what I would do. So it's parsha shalach, Rabbi say. I just had this incident where they hang up this sign and I'm like livid. That's not the way to do kirav. That's not the way to impact, because you hung your mean sign up. Do something. Invite them over. Talk. Impact. Come on. I was frustrated. And that week, I sat down to learn the Chavetz Chaim Alatayr. I literally feel like when Yisrael Mayor Kagan, the Chavetz Chaim, came to my apartment and said, Dan, I need to talk to you. He came and he spoke to me. He sat me down, the Chavetz Chaim, and we had a very, very heart-to-heart talk, and he told me off the Chavetz Chaim. That Shabbos. I said, um, when I read it, it blew my mind, the Chavetz Chaim, like, was, he came to my house. And I find this when we learn Torah, Hashem talks to us. I was like, Hashem sent the Chavetz Chaim to me, and he gave me Musr. Listen, Shloyme, what the Chavetz Chaim told me. The Chavetz Chaim is writing on Parsha Shalach, and he asks the following cash. He has a series of questions. I won't tell you all of them, but some of them I will. One of his questions are, in Shalach, Klal Yisrael sent Meraglim, spies, to check out Eretz Yisrael. Ten spies, Moyo, came back with very negative reports and ripped Eretz Yisrael. 
They scared Klal Yisrael from entering Yisrael ten spies. Two spies were loyal to Hashem, and two spies brought back a positive report. The two spies who didn't follow the group, who veered from this negative group, this group of Risham, were Kalev and Yeshua, Yeshua and Kalev. Now, who is bigger, Yeshua or Kalev? Who's a bigger tzaddik? You might say, I don't know. Yeshua and Kalev, these two tzaddikim, the Torah records their name in Parsha Shalach twice. One time is Perak Yodali Pasuk Vav. It says, V'yeshua ben Nun, V'kaliv ben Yifuna, Minatayim Es Those two spies, Karu Bigdayim, they rent their garments. When the ten spies came back and ripped, and ripped, going to Eretz Yisrael, they scared the Jewish people, Aaron. So it says, Yeshua ben Nun and Kaliv ripped their garments. They tore Kriya, they were so sad about the negative report and Klal Yisrael buying in, they ripped their garments. They rent their garments. Yeshua ben Nun and Kalev, it says Yeshua before Kalev, implying that Yeshua was greater because you say him first. A little while later in the parsha, Psukim later in the parsha, and let me find those Psukim, we are quotes both of those two great people. Where is it? Thank you. Who said, which voice said that? Thank you, Mai Schreber. Thank you. Pasuk Lamed. Thank you, Mai Schreber. Beautiful person, beautiful person. Thank you, thank you. It's painful to me, it's painful that he's leaving. So we have one week and two days. It's painful. We'll get him Sulam. We'll always be friends, but it's still painful. So schos. You build a whole yeshiva to produce one Maish Reber, that sincere person, Midas Tavis, watch his tefillah, watch his prayer, his seder with Yosef and others. Just sincere, honest, beautiful person. Amazing. Nachas, but also bittersweet. It's also painful. No Maish. You're not so pained because you'll be with the Menerit throne. Difficult, difficult. Okay. It's hard, it's hard, Vicky. I want just, the Dailum should just stay for years and we should just learn together. This is, the world, there's eternity here, but you have to like put up in this world of things that appear to be fleeting, but it's eternal. There's Dailum Habo, we hang out. There's years, yeah, complicated, okay. I'm thankful we have him, I'm thankful we have him. So, Pasuk Lamed Moshla, it says, it quotes both those names, and it says none of the Miraglim are going to Eretz Yisrael, Kiyim, except Kalev ben Yefune ben Yeshua ben Nun. It switches the order. It says none of the Miraglim are going to Eretz Yisrael, except Kalev and Yeshua. And there it puts Kalev before Yeshua. So you have twice, Nachi, you quotes these two greats. Davi, one time it puts Yeshua before Kalev, and one time it puts Kalev before Yeshua. The Chavetz Chaim brings a, a Toisefta, I think. He brings a Chazal who says the reason it switches the order, they're equals. It switched the order, they're equally great. That's why it switches the orders. Says the Chavetz Chaim, but only the Chavetz Chaim can say, that Avadi Yeshua was greater. Yeshua took over from Moshe Rabbeinu, Yeshua's greater. The Chavetz Chaim, so he says, what did Chazal mean? They were equal. 
Now, I would have said maybe they're equal. He doesn't bring a Rai Yeshua as greater, but he says Yeshua took over from Aisha. If they were equal, Kali would have taken over from Aisha. The leader of the Jewish people is the greatest. And Yeshua took over, not Kalev. So what does Taisefta mean? They're equal. If they're equal, they both would have taken over from Aisha Aaron. So Aaron, it's my, he asks, what does Chazal mean they're equal? Question one. Fair question, Aaron. Question two. This question already really is addressed by earlier, but let me just repeat the Chavzai Mishayin already speak this out. When Klal Yisrael is all riled up by the Maraglim, they hear a negative report about Eretz Yisrael, and they're riled up by the Maraglim. So, Vayoheis Kalev Esa'am. Kalev silences the people. Vayoheis is Malashin like to silence, and he silences the nation. Kalev says, Shah! People are crying and screaming, we'll never be able to do it. And Kalev silences the people. And he speaks in favor, Allah Nala, one of the most famous speech in the Torah. I love it. It's the ultimate. I love the guy before a big game who gets up. We got it! We got it, Hebra! We can! This line, I want to tell every kid who comes to the yeshiva, the bus rolls up. In two short months, we'll have 90 to 100 new guys roll into yeshiva. I really just want to tell them one thing. Allah Nala, we will climb the Arashnuaisam, we will inherit Eretz Yisrael. Kiyachal Nuchala, for we can. For we can. If you, in simplistic terms, and I'm going off topic, the story of the Miraglim is Eretz Yisrael, a precious land, precious Madregas living with Hashem. And the Miraglim come back. It's the story of all our lives. If the story doesn't sound familiar to you, you don't think enough. The story of the Miraglim is we're supposed to go to Eretz Yisrael and live a beautiful life with Hashem. And the Miraglim come back and they say they're giants, they're obstacles. We can never do this. Let's go back to Mitzrayim. And Mitzrayim's the land where you're stuck. Mitzrayim's the land where everything we built fell down. You know, we learned as little kids, but you, you weren't so sophisticated then. We built on quicksand. So you're literally like, that's Mitzrayim. You build on quicksand. Nothing lasts. Nothing's permanent. Nothing matters. Nothing, everything you build falls out. It's a transitory world. A world of znus. You don't build a marriage. You have a fling. Pardon my expression. That's Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is you build on quicksand. Nothing matters. No eternity. Quick in the moment and fleeting... You don't build anything. You build on quicksand. The story of the Miraglim, Eretz Yisrael, we can't. They're giants. They're obstacles. We'll never be able to. So why should I fight for Eretz Yisrael and greatness and from and build a beautiful family and life? I'd rather, let's go back to Mitzrayim where you don't even, you don't, why should we play the game? Let's stop playing. You never lose a game. <laughs> if you don't play, how many of us I just won't play. If I play, I might lose and miss some shots. So I just won't play. <laughs> if I don't play, I never lose. But that's not your answer. The Miraglim say, let's not mamish. That's the story of the Miraglim. Now, I promise you, they, they were originally big people. And all that I'm saying is subtle and refined and on a very high level. But that's what happened. The story, I just said over the story of the Miraglim. Let's not go there. There are giants there. We'll never be able to. And Kalev gives one of the great speeches in history. Very short speech. 
but he fires up Klaus. He says, Sha! Sha! The Klaus all screaming, yelling, we can't, we won't. Never, impossible. And he silences the crowd and he says, Allah Nala, we will go up. The Arashnuai son will inherit the land. Because we can. We have the capacity, we can. And Kale stands up that great speech, Allah Nala, let's go up, let's go. And he riles up Klaal that we can and we will. From a massive of Yeyush of giving up hope, a sense of we can't, the giants, the obstacles are way too big. This is above us. We're like, we're, we're, we just don't have the capacity to live this or do this. And Kale silences the crowd and says, Allah Nala, we could do this. And in silencing the crowd and say, I have seen guys, I have seen Bachram and called them out on it, who they float around and go around. They don't engage in Aliyah, not because they don't want to, because they know their losses. So instead of engaging and announce, it's easier to announce I want to be a Bentayr and then make a mistake. So shucks, so I just won't say I'm a Bentayr. And then nothing I do is a mistake. I just, <laughs> I'm not a Bentayr. <laughs> if I'm a par- I've seen addicts do this, but all of us do it. Addicts say I'm a party guy. You're not a party guy. I know what a party guy looks like. That's not, you're not a party guy, you're an addict. But instead of saying I'm controlled by something and I'm out of control and owned, it's easier to just, I don't care. So that's, you just build your identity around what you're being forced to do. Instead of living life, choosing something, and then if I make a mistake, owning and working. It's much easier. It's much easier to say I don't care and to build a persona around what I do. Much, it's geschmack. That's very cheap and easy. But to say I do care in the obstacles, so the Miraglim say, let's go back to Mitzrayim. The path to Yerushalayim, Teretz Yisrael, to Hashem, is laden with challenges. In Mitzrayim, it sounds like crazy. Mitzrayim, they killed our kids. It was death. And everybody knows Egypt's death. And it sounds crazy, except it's you and I. Except it's you and I. Everybody knows Mitzrayim is death. Everybody knows that life is nothingness. We were tortured and pained, but you didn't. Have, but still, losses in eternity are difficult. So let's. We'd rather Mitzrayim, where there's no hope and no future and no chance, than Eretz Yisrael that has giants opposing us. And Kalev stands up and Allah Nala, we're going to do it, Rabbi. Say no chance. Strive. Every, we have Kalev on that bus that shows up in September, 100 new kids, 90 new kids, we really just want to take Kalev's message, Allah Nala, we're going to do this. And, yachol, and we can, we can. For we can. There are obstacles, there'll be some losses, there'll be some difficult, but for sure, we can do this, we're going to fight. We're not, that's the message, the beautiful message that Kalev Shares with Klal Yisrael. All in Nala, we can. That's the message. We're going to play for the bus. We'll play it for like a year or two till a guy fights everything. All in Nala, we can do this. So Kali gives the speech, and the question begs is why didn't Yeshua speak? Yeshua and Kali are both Sadiqim. Kali gives the speech, and Yeshua's silence is rather surprising. Where's Yeshua? Question number two. Question number three is before Yeshua goes to spy on the land, his Rebbe Moshe changes his name. His name was Hosea, 
and he switches it to Yeshua. And Rashi says in naming him Yeshua, it was a prayer. Yeshua has two names. Ka, Yud K is Ka, Yud He, Yud and the He. We say Yud K, not to say Hashem's name. Yud K, Yud and the He is Ka. Shua, Hashem should save you. Ka, Yeshiacha, Meyatzas, Meraglim. Hashem should save you from the Meraglim. From your ten. So he changes Moshe's name with a prayer. It's important to know one day you're going to name your kids. Don't just name your kids. Say a prayer with the name. When I named my daughter Rena Brandel, I was praying. I was praying. My wife and I decided to say a prayer. And Rena means to sing. Brandel, we, there's different translations to Brandel in Yiddish. A bren means a fire. And we prayed that she would sing passionately. That she'd be a passionate servant. I see a world of apathy. I see a world of people that don't have fire. No chios, no life, no energy. Going through, just like going through the motions. And I prayed to Hashem, Rina Brindle. I want her to sing with passion. I don't want her to be impacted by a world through technology, through taiva that has become so dry and soft. Such missing passion of Kedusha. We've become so lame. We've, all, we've returned to Mitzrayim rather than fight. We return to Mitzrayim, the give up of returning to Mitzrayim. I want a passion and a fire fighting for something. Sure, there are losses. Anything you try to build, there'll be obstacles. There'll be difficulties. Rev. Huttner once told, somebody went to Rev. Huttner and said, people are angry at me. He said, the only way not to have enemies is lie in bed all day. Nobody will be your enemy. <laughs> You're lying in bed all day. Nobody's your enemy. Build. Create. So a guy came to Rev. Huntner. People are upset at me. People are saying. People, you want no enemies? Lie in bed all day. Nobody will say anything about you. You build. You create. There are obstacles. That's how Hashem designed the world. You want to go to Yerushalayim? They're giants that you're going to have to overcome. So what's your answer? Lie in Mitzrayim. You can lie in bed all day. That's what the Miraglim said. Let's go back to Mitzrayim. Dash all the dreams. There's anything you build collapses anyway. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow will die. Nothing's permanent anyway. So what's the difference if you do this or you do that? We'd rather go back to that world that doesn't believe in construction and building. That's a trap forever. I'd rather be trapped. Many, many addicts think that the guy is trapped. He likes being trapped. He's, and then he cries that I'm trapped. Now, you like being trapped. Because when you're untrapped, then you have some losses. So you like being trapped, and then you fetch that you're trapped. But you choose to be trapped. You like being trapped. The party you'll, when you totally, totally don't like being trapped, you'll fight. You'll lose some, but you'll win a lot of battles too. But there's a big Indian, it's like a schmuck also. Admit that you like being trapped. Admit it. The migrant, ten people said, let's go to Egypt. Let's get trapped. Let's all be trapped and suck. It's a good place to be. You can never build anything anyway. Hashem, Moshe Rabbeinu, davens to Hashem to protect Yeshua from the Miraglim. From that force that's always there that says, don't aspire. Don't try to ascend. Don't be all anala. We will march forward. And he's worried Yeshua shouldn't be ensnared. Hashem should save you. He asked the Chavetz Chaim, why didn't he daven for Kalev? Why does he daven for Yeshua? He should daven for Kalev. And he doesn't change Kalev's name. By the way, 
one day when you name your kids, pray also. Keep in mind that you can. I don't say every name is a prayer. You find that in the Torah, often names were prayers. Somebody tell me other names in the Torah that were prayers. You find some of the imais. Yehuda, she was thanking Hashem. She was talking, Hashem. I want to thank you, Hashem. So she it was a prayer. It wasn't asking for something. It was expressing she was talking to Hashem. Yehuda. So she named her kid in a conversation with God. You find other, Yosef li ben Acher. Yosef was a, was a prayer as well, according to many Mepharshim. Very good, Yosef. <laughs> Yosef said Yosef, I like that. There are many names that were prayers. And it, this name, Moshe Rabbeinu renames his Talmud. Fascinating. He renames his Talmud. There are a lot of stories with great Rebbes where the father says to the Rebbe, he's the Sandik, or Kriya Shem, and he says a certain name, and the Rebbe like adds a name. Now the truth is that typically the parents' name. A name's a big deal. When you name your kid, you have Ruach HaKodesh. You're giving the essence to your kid. A name is a big, big deal. A name matters a lot. It gives koiches to the kids. So sometimes the big Reb was like, Maish Rabbeinu changed the name of his Talmud. His name was Hosea, and he named him Yeshua. He renamed his Talmud. There's a lot there that the Rebbe could rename the Talmud, by the way. Who's the Kayach of naming? Is a Tata. An Av names, a Mama names the child. It says on a Rebbe that whoever teaches Ben Chavere Tayrakil Yelada, it's like he gave birth to him. It's fascinating that Maisha names Yeshua, his student. He switches it, Maisha, to Yeshua. And what's the name? It was a prayer. Ka Yoshiach, Hashem should save you. Ask the Chavetz Chaim, why didn't he daven for Kalev? Says the Chavetz Chaim as follows. He says that Yeshua and Kalev had two different plans with the Muraglim. They're spying Eretz Yisrael, and the Muraglim are very clearly taking the path of negativity. We can't do this. This is too much. Impossible. They're taking a path of negativity. There are too many obstacles to reach Madragas. That's what the Muraglim are doing. Yeshua and Kali both disagree and they have two approaches. Kalev goes with the Miraglim. He's not fooling them, but his aids is to befriend them. He's one of the Hevra. When they're handling, Kalev's right there and he decided that I want to impact the Miraglim. I want to change them. I want to elevate them. To do that, it has to be from within. And Yeshua was standoffish. Yeshua has no way. The Chavetz Chaim writes this. He has rayas. I can't say this. He says Yeshua's approach is no way. This is wrong. And he made it clear to the ten, I'm against you. I don't hold like you. He took a very strong position against the Miraglim. Says the Chavetz Chaim, when the Miraglim spoke, they didn't give Yeshua the, the platform. They were against him. And knew he was a misnagid. They didn't let Yeshua speak. Shua said, I want to speak. They were 10 against one. He didn't get to speak. Kalev was one of them. Kalev, they said, speak. They thought he would say what they were saying. He was mamish with the chevra the whole time. So by Yoyes, Kalev, when he silenced Klal Yisro, they let him speak the Miraglam. They said, Kalev, you also. And then he shocked the Miraglam and he said, Allah, Nala, we can do this. He disagreed with them. But the reason they let him speak is because he was one of the chevra. 
So there were two approaches how to deal with the ten who were not being loyalists. There were two approaches. You had the Kalev approach, he was one of the Hebra. You had the Yeshua approach, he was Misnagid. Says the Chavetz Chaim, Moshe Rabbeinu davened for Yeshua, he was afraid for Yeshua's life. He didn't think Yeshua in any way would go with the Miraglim. He was worried that they would kill Yeshua. They would kill him. He's against them. They'd bang him off. They'd say he's a raidif. He's dangerous for Claudius. So they were afraid they would kill him. So when he prayed for Yeshua, why didn't he pray for Kalev? He knew Kalev's approach. Kalev's not at danger. They like Kalev. Kalev's one of the Hevra. He knew Kalev's approach. He knew Yeshua's approach. He said, Yeshua, your life's at danger. Your life. When people, when people go low, they make an idealism out of it. They can kill you, Kilu L'Shem Shemayim. They'll make an idealism at it. What do you mean? You're too extreme. They'll make an idealism at it. And they'll kill you. They'll turn it into an ism and kill you. Say, Davin for Yeshua. He didn't have to Davin for Kalev. Says the Chavetz Chaim. That's what Chazal mean. When it says Yeshua and Kalev are shkulim, he said there are two approaches to people living, making mistakes. And he says one approach is to be part and befriend and work with. And one approach is to stand up strongly from afar. And he says each one has a mila and a chesarn, has an advantage and a disadvantage. The advantage to the Yeshua approach is you're not impacted at all. The disadvantage is you don't impact. You're not impacted. You stand up. No, there's not happening. You hang up a sign. I'm not coming close. Do it from a distance. That's the Yeshua approach. The Kalev approach is to reach out and be part and be connected. He said you influence more, but you have the danger of getting influenced. Said the Chavetz Chaim, Shkulim, both are, both are respectable. Both are accepted by Hashem as two legitimate approaches. Shkulim, they're equal. That's what it means to me. It doesn't mean the two people are equal. When it switched the order in one Pasuk, it puts Yeshua before Kalev. And the Pasuk Lamed, it puts Kalev before Yeshua. Shkula means their approaches to the, I say, to the people doing wrong. Are both Shkulim are equal. One approach keeps things more emistic. There's no in, afraid of influence. And one approach, two approaches that are Shkulim. That are equal. That are equal. That's what, when I learned this Chavetz Chaim, when I learned this Chavetz Chaim, Rabbi Yisai, when I learned it, I felt like the Chavetz Chaim came to, it was that week, you can't make this up. This is as Hashem, a guy is Chsern and Amuna. open your eyes, please. A guy, that week I go through this, I'm boiling about the approach of my upstairs neighbor, and the Chavetz Chaim comes to my house, as Kalish, pipe down. Shkulim, the two approaches. Calm me down. Shkulim. That week, visited us, said, settle down, Kedish. Shkulim, there are two approaches. He explained to me the mile and the chsarn of each approach. What? He's not saying that extreme. He's not saying, this, this was Adel. This guy was Adel. He hung up a sign. It was his way of saying from a distance. I, I'm not masking. It wasn't the... Th- it was, Nobody's giving carte blanche what, what it means, the, the Yeshua approach. But here the Yeshua approach, the sign, this was the, a very moderate Yeshua approach. 
but I heard it. I don't know the answer, Mosh. I'm reporting the news, not making the news. I don't want to. I don't want to tell you what the answers are because I don't know. I want to tell you this, Chavetz Chaim. It was meaningful. What? So, so I want my hits the sugya. My says Yeshua is only about himself. I want to say that the Yeshua approach helps all of Klal Yisrael because it takes away compromise and keeps the truth untainted. So Yeshua, it's not Yeshua is selfish and 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 Kalev's the impactor. Yeshua approach says that I want to keep a purity in the Jewish people that's untainted. For everybody, not selfishly, by standing for what's true without compromises. Meish smartly said, it's, you know what's interesting, Hevra? Rev Hirsch in the world, it makes me laugh. The world made Rev Hirsch ke'ilu, he's modern. I shudder a little, I shouldn't say laugh. Rev Hirsch is like the moderate. Because Rev Hirsch knew a lot of Chachma, he knew Chachma Sagoyim. Rev Hirsch had a tremendous knowledge of science and was very worldly. So people make Rev Hirsch the moderate. It's so, so the furthest from the truth. If you know history, Rev Hirsch had a massive machlaikas. I have read the letters to my kids. Fire! You heard those letters. Fire! Smoking gun blazing. Rev Hirsch had a machlaikas with one of the G'dayle Adur. The other Gadol held that we should work with the reform together. It's a zamen, you know? And Rev. Hirsch was fire. He held you not to let him join any board thereon, leave the board. He held to make a tremendous separate, not to be, be Makar of people. But it has to be clear, no compromises. He seceded, he left the community and started his own community in Frankfurt, which my family comes from, because he felt no compromises. So it's interesting, and this other God will held more, I would say a more Kalev approach, and Rev Hirsch held the Yeshua approach. I am not coming to Paskin, and Maish smartly said, would it be possible that different situations call for a different approach, and I would agree to that. My Shikelish pro- properly said, Rev Hirsch and, and the Yeshuas are not like thinking, I'm thinking about myself. They're thinking about Claudius, so we can't compromise. There's an untainted truth. So it's a fascinating Shiloh. It's a fascinating. You know, the, the best thing I could say is when the Briska Rav was Nifter. So one of the Gedolim said a eulogy, and he said like this He said the Arain had a safe Torah in it, in the Arain. And he asked, what's the purpose of a Sefer Torah? Do you know, a guy writes a Sefer Torah and doesn't use it. It's not so posh at your Yaitzi, your Mitzvah Daraisa, to write a Sefer Torah. What's the purpose of writing a Torah? To learn from it. He asked this God at the Briska Rub's funeral. Why was there a Torah in the Aaron? Of what purpose did it serve? Sat in the Aaron, use it. It's not a relic. It's not a museum. You have a Torah sitting in the Aron, like, uh, don't touch it. Anybody knows, I love, I, I was using a Gemara that was very, very used. Johnny, who, who gets things, said, what a beautiful Gemara. I love that he said that. Uh, a beautiful Gemara is good and clapped and being, a, he's such a Yid. Johnny's a Yid's Yid. He said a Gemara is beaten up. 
A guy has like a perfect Yomar, a guy's Svarim, you know, somebody goes to the Svarim store and says, I want some Svarim, the, the Moichir Svarim, what do you want? He said, I'll take two rows of brown. <laughs> he wants like design his house, like two rows of brown. <laughs> Svarim are meant to learn. They're meant to study and know. Not to order two rows of brown. Now, it's nice to have Svarim in your house. Ben is beautiful. If a guy doesn't learn them, have Svarim in the house. Not a bad idea. Not a bad But use them. Use them. My wife and I, we had a Sheva Brachas of a guy who went off the derech, of a, of a girl who had gone off the derech, and she's married a guy. They weren't yet from, they weren't yet from this couple. And the Zaid was an old from tzaddik, and he said to the couple, I want to ask one favor, I'm a loving Zayda, and the, the, they loved him. So at the Shebrachs, in front of everyone, my wife and I were there, it was one of the fanciest Shebrachs, you were there, Marish. was that one of the nicest Shebrachs I ever went to in my life? They were very, very fancy people, can I know her? There was the alcohol rolling there, it's not my type or my, she's type, but plenty would have enjoyed the amount of stuff they had going there. It was, but it was a beautiful Shevrachas. And the Zayda got up, my, she remember this? And he said, I have one request. I want you to promise me you have a bookshelf of Svarim, of Jewish Svarim, I'll pay for it. And I want in your house a bookshelf of Svarim. Nay, smart Zayda. So there was, he ordered two rows of brown, a row of green. He wanted Svarim. He wanted the kids to grow up. They should see Svarim in the house. Amazing. Amazing request. So I don't mock Svarim. But nonetheless, a beautiful Sefer is a used Sefer. A beautiful Sefer, that which is used, that which is, that's a beautiful Sefer. I lost my train of thought. We're going so many trips here. Somebody help me out. Also, what's the Seva Torah? Thank you. So what's the Seva Torah in the Aaron? That's like the beautiful Torah, but it's not going to be used. Said this God at the Briska Rav's Hesped, that there needs to be one Torah that nobody can touch. And if anybody wants to make changes in Klal Yisrael, any Torah is accessible. A guy when nobody's looking can add a Vav, can add a Yud. There's one Torah that you're going to have to match it to. Any, it stops anybody from making inauthentic. Said this Godel, that was the brisker rub, no compromises. That if anybody anywhere in Klal Yisrael wanted to make changes and do inappropriate, do you match the brisker rub? He's not budging. So Maish, the Yeshua approach helps the entire Jewish people, an uncompromised truth that everybody has to match up to is a truth. So this is what, this is what he said, this is what he taught us. Huh? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeshua is the leader. It's interesting. But Maishu Rabbeinu gives Yeshua Muslim that he has to understand the people. So certainly Yeshua had that capacity. Rabbi Say, Rabbi Say, there's a practical matter that I wanted to talk to the Chevra about, a practical matter. And I want Eitzes from the Chevra, I want to talk to you about this. And I have a practical, this era of Shabbos Kodesh, the second to last Shabbos of the Zman, I want to ask the sh- guys of Shiloh that I admit that we have to go to Gedolim together too, and I want you to hear this. Please listen well. I need the guy's opinion. A guy comes to Waterbury, Connecticut, a youngster, and he's struggling with Shmira Shabbos. Yeah? He's struggling with Shabbos. Struggling with our precious Shabbos. We badly, we badly want him to be a Shemesh Shabbos. And the approach of the yeshiva most definitely 
is not to look the other way, it's fakir to look at him and encourage and work and speak. And also access a good Shabbos to the Hebrew. To give, to, give, to give a sense of, the, of an appropriate, beautiful Shabbos. And to talk and work. And Besiyata Deshmaya. Besiyata Deshmaya, we witness that Baruch Hashem, many, many guys, most guys come in, their Shabbos observance is wonderful. Baruch Hashem, most, most Hebrew, B'nai Tyre. But there exists here, I'm a liberal guy, there exists plenty who come in B'nai Tyre and leave B'nai Tyre, no doubt. But I'm very liberal and we have the Yechidim who come in struggling. And we show understanding and work, and it produces B'nai Torah who, who are careful with Shabbos. And my question is that certainly, certainly, that would seem to be the approach that causes the most Shmira Shabbos. But I don't want it chas v'shalom to ever compromise by the Gayu Shemir Shabbos that it cheapens Shabbos observance. I don't want the price to be chas v'shalom, that the observers, the Rabbani Shalom was mitzvah Shabbos to us. Shabbos to a Yid is fedairus. Yidin wa maisa nefesh for Shabbos kodesh. My grandfather and many of your great-grandfathers, literally what they did for Shabbos is unfathomable. For Shabbos, you know they were fired in America, in our country, the early 1900s, they were fired for keeping Shabbos. You know the pressure to keep Shabbos? If you kept Shabbos, you were fired from your job. Thousands of Yidin, thousands. Many guys here, his great-grandfather and my grandfather and his chedra, they were fired for keeping Shabbos. Fired! And they had families to support. And if you were fired, so how are you supporting? They were immigrants. Low-paying jobs, poor people. And they were fired and meant, I don't know, I'm supporting my family, I don't know. Many, many, many hidden by hands in this room, who knows of a great-grandparent who went through such by hands. Is there anybody here who's been told in their family, Johnny one, Shloima, Danny, anybody else who's been told by family? Who else? Getzel, bless your soul. The guys here, this is the story. Many of you are not raising your hand, find out, find out. Find out there were many, 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 most Yidden in America were grappling with this. They were immigrants. They, had, they, they weren't the bosses of the companies. They were immigrants. They didn't even speak the language, so they had the low-down job. You didn't work Shabbos, get out of here. I'll hire somebody who does work Shabbos. And many, many were fired. Fired meant, how am I supporting my family? I don't know. I don't know. They were looking for a new job Sunday morning, Monday morning. There were mice and nefesh for Shabbos because every Yid understood Shabbos. It was basic. I don't want to be part of something that says that defiles what Shabbos is. I get, I don't like a box. Rebbe, I'm keeping now. I like, <laughs> like, you know, Rebbe, I'm into vanilla ice cream today. It's so cute. I'm keeping now. Shabbos, 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 Kodesh is precious. We swore, we swore, we swore to keep Hashem's Torah. We swore to keep. I'm proud you're observing Shabbos, Shabbos, Kodesh. The Rebbein Hashem was mitzvah, Shabbos. And certainly I, I agree that we have to work slowly and comfortably, but I don't want it to be that we cheapen the value of Shabbos. We had that day in yeshiva 
we had the day, a rally for Shabbos, that was less for the guys who are struggling for the Yechidim, that was for the Rabbim, maybe we should make more Shabbos rallies, for the Rabbim, that it shouldn't be cheap to anybody. There shouldn't be a sense of compromise. And I want to ask the guys what you think. A friend of mine who loves this yeshiva and believes in the yeshiva equal to anybody asks me that we've had issues with fires. We've been shut, kicked out of Waterbury, shut for two months here. We had that other night, that stress. And he asked, the Gemara says that the Lakers fires are for Chsar and Shmir Shabbos. And he asked, is it, he said, I know the yeshiva causes Shmir Shabbos. But is it possible that there's a way to make sure that guys have the importance of Shabbos in being patient and understanding and working with that it shouldn't shape in Shabbos? I want to know what the guys think. I want, I'm asking. It's an open-ended question. I made it uncomfortable today. Tough luck. Some answers. Yosef. Loud, loud. I don't love incentive for the kids struggling. I think for the kids struggling, what we're doing is right. The kid struggles because in the home there was usually a lot of stress on Shabbos. The kid struggles because he views Shabbos as his feelings towards Yiddishkeit. I don't like paying, I like earning it. So my answer for the kid struggling is what we have. Is what we have, produce an authentic Shabbos. And it works time and time again. My question is for the rabbim that are keeping Shabbos that it shouldn't in any way, that guy's keeping that it shouldn't in any way make Shabbos less in his eyes that, that, you, that you work and that you're... That's my question. Or at Kalish, tough luck. If you're Kalib, you can't be Yeshua, the Yeshiva. <laughs> That's what I'm asking the Chavra, Maishbri. So Maish says we, the yeshiva should speak about Shabbos more. We should get each rebbe talking about it more. It's very shaykh. But we did. I I I, I appreciate that Maish. It's very shaykh that we have to make a concerted effort to learn about Shabbos deeper, better. What we did that one day was gorgeous. I don't remember the day. That rub came. That rub came. Rabbi Feiler did halachas. Rabbi Zakatinsky spoke beautiful Torah. What? Are we dance? Are you Barnett's piece? That piece. Kiddush, Kiddush. Maybe we should say Kiddush seven times a week. <laughs> 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 that was a form of a yeah, not a bad idea. Viggy, what do you hold? Good Shaila. I want to know, in our being patient and working, what we can do not to cause compromise and for the Bachman strong with Shabbos that it shouldn't get cheap in his eyes in any which way. Because in being patient, but somebody else is seeing along the way breaches that can cause a lessening of the Hashivas of something. I'm concerned with it. These are subtle things. I'm concerned with that. You ask a mo, you said, Kalish, I don't see it that way. Maybe you're right. That's what I want to know. You say it doesn't cause because everybody understands. I'm not saying it doesn't. That's a big chizzle. I don't notice it myself. 
That's what I want to know. Can, can Rebbe explain more? Uh, yeah. Whenever you're patient, tolerant, and working, you also could be giving over a message to somebody that's losing how serious it is. Yes, yes, and I'm worried for the guy who's shaymer, for the guy who's shaymer Shabbos. Did I lessen anything, the chshivas and the seriousness of Shabbos? What do you hold, Maish? Think about it in this terms. If you invite over a guy to your house for Shabbos who's not from, not yet from, and he's opening the lights, turn on and off, and all your kids know that the different people have different knowledge, would that lessen by your kids the seriousness of not keeping Shabbos? Yaakov, what do you hold? What do you feel honest? This is an honest conversation. I don't know the answer. I want to hear from the guys. What do you hold? Growing up, I've heard you want to hear from the I learned a lot growing up, and I don't know, like, the parents would just say, like, uh, explain how they, like, you know, they don't understand yet, which is, how they don't understand, like, people that come to your house and do that, how they, you know, they're not on certain levels or whatever. So you think kids are capable of understanding, he just doesn't know. I tend to agree with you, I mean, that's... I appreciate you feel that way matters to me because you're extremely smart. You and Moyo feeling that way matters to me. What? Is he maskim, Aaron? Is he maskim? That's Yaakov saying also. I think it could possibly like make it seem like it's not as big of a deal. I think whatever he's doing also works in the long run. So, uh, that's a question. Do you have any more suggestions of what practical things are? No question, no question. This is like a controversial. She doesn't talk about punishment for what? And I understand that, but at the same time, aren't you now the one that's at this age? People that are showing shops already. They're already keeping shabbos. You know why? All punishment, just you know what the punishment for sin is? That you're distant from Hashem. Till, till a guy knows that closeness to Hashem is delicious, wonderful, and and life giving and wonderful. You didn't teach punishment. It was a fraud. If punishment is... Oh, <laughs> that's not a truth. I'm going to ask the guys. The conversation's important. I want to say that we the two more Shabbosos. The Iker, Iker thing of the Yeshiva, the Iker thing that we do is we create a powerful Shabbos. I want to say to the guys that a lot of the younger guys... Every guy in the yeshiva is wonderful. I'm not like, if they'd be sitting right here, I'd say this in front. It's not the younger guys. Every guy here is intimidatingly special. The nature of Shabbos here, and if anybody wants to know, we have not watered down Shabbos and Iota. And what we try to do is create a powerful Shabbos. A Yosef, a Yosef Sandler by the end of Shabbos is exhausted. A guy who follows what the yeshiva is given, it's an intense Shabbos. People have come visited for Shabbos like, whoa. 
the Shabbos is intense. I'll go through the Shabbos with the guy. And Avi Gross, by might say Shabbos, is wiped. Let me go through the Shabbos to the guy who's following what the yeshiva is doing. We're creating an intense Shabbos experience. And it's a shtickle chiddush. For that other guy, maybe water at them. Maybe we should have Gaga in the gym. Shabbos afternoon, Gaga in the gym. Friday night, we should play charades in the base medrash. And what's Shabbos in yeshiva? So Friday night, I speak for about an hour, 45 minutes. Meshuggah. What are you doing? 45 minutes, an hour, between Kabbalah, Shabbos, and Mayriv. Often, especially in the winter, not in the summer, I try to say some of the most important Yesaidis at Friday night, Bedafka. It's a very exciting time, and I feel in the winter, not the summer. The summer, it's very late, but the winter, we try to share some of the most important Yesaidis we studied together on Friday nights. So 45 minutes, Ezra, Ezra Goral of Friday night, before he even got to a Suda Shabbos, heard an hour of speech. Then Suda Shabbos, late in the Suda, we get together after younger guys who aren't ready yet to hear Divrei Tyron sings Miris. They got the beginning of the Suda's love, friendship, connection, which is a big part of Shabbos too. But that's the beginning. We all just enjoy each other. Lebedek. Then the young man leaves and a lot of the older guys stay and we sing Zmiris and more Divrei Tyron. Then we go to an Einig, sushi, geschmack, everybody, that's love, that's an important part of Shabbos too. Then the guy fills up on his sushi, on his meat platters that Arya Weiss so graciously and generously gives us and leaves. And then we sing Zmiris and Rav Ezi for an hour taught us about Gedolim, Tzadikim, stories, we, we again, inspiration for a long time. That can end at 1, 1.30 in these weeks. Tremendous, sophisticated things he shares with us. Then we have a a shachris in the morning, nine o'clock shachris. After shachris, we go to the, for a kiddush where we hear divrei Torah from from Rabbi Yitzchlit. And then many times we have a shear back here for a half hour. Sometimes lumda something on the parsha, something deep, something good. Another by one o'clock we've had hours of Torah. Then we have a suda Shabbos at the suda again, geshmak friendship. But then late again, divrei Torah and smiras. Shalashodis, more divrei Torah. By the time Shabbos is over, a guy has heard like five hours of. Arya Barnett has gone to five hours of shear on a Shabbos. No exaggeration. Five hours of shear on a Shabbos. Typical Durham Shabbos. Arya Barnett, by Mitzi Shabbos, has listened. Aaron Smilowitz has gone to five hours. I'm not being megasm. About five hours of shir, literally between the nights or the days or the Shalashodis, the shear after the Kiddush, the. The, the Shmuz Friday night, it's less than five, more than four hours of Shiurim. <laughs> it's a lot of Shir. Besides what he learned on his own, besides in the base afternoon, besides. So, so it's an intense Shabbos experience, the Shabbos. And it's designed for, to make a Shabbos that's precious. And then I want the young guy to touch a few minutes of an intense Shabbos. He might only touch 15 minutes of it. But my hope is that we'll, I'd rather 15 minutes of a Shabbos than a watered-down version. So just to explain. The topic I'm asking, I don't know. I want answers. What Maish says to talk about Shabbos more is very good. I wanted to point out that the Kalev method could have a danger. And I wanted to point it out to the Hebrew just to be, for honesty's sake, this wasn't to make things comfortable, it's to be honest. So I wanted to speak it out. Certainly, certainly, our hope is that we're, that, that we're all, mechazek, we're all, we all go up. The message of Kalev will keep saying, Allah we will climb, Allah 
this Shaila, good philosophical Shaila, different approaches, we'll continue to talk, me and you, we'll ask Gedolim and Tzadik, and we'll try to figure it out together. But one thing I promise, Allah and Allah, we will rise, we will climb, Allah and Allah, we will climb, the Yarashnu, and we'll get to the places we will get to, before we can. Don't believe anybody who says messages of despair and reasons you can't and why you'll never be successful. It's a bunch of bunk. And the Maraglam are Rishon. They're Rishon. And they say things we all have that little voice. But Rishon Alalu Rovaloy Lachumusa. They said Lashon Hara. They said terrible Lashon Hara. And the Lashon Hara, the evil they espouse, is a voice that still exists, that you can't. They're giants and all different obstacles that will stop you. Eretz Echelis Yeshveh, all those big madregas, they consume the one who tries to inhabit it. They beat you up along the way. We don't buy into that, Heaven. We don't buy in at all. We've spoken, we've spoken. No, no, I think we're doing the right thing, Johnny. I think so. Thank you, Viggy. Yeah. I look at you, and that's what, even without you saying it, it says it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever the yeshiva is, that a Viggy, is produ- a Viggy can come out of you, that's a tremendous validation of a yeshiva. That a Viggy Ben Aim, a beautiful person, a growing person, a growing, growing person, who has such, he's a contradiction. He's so powerful and strong. We view him as a tough guy. And he's so soft and sweet. But all grown people are contradictions. He's like soft and mushy and caring, a gentle heart and a tough guy. It's beautiful. Beautiful balance. No, Chansi? He's like, if you want to picture a tough guy, they give him a fighter. All in we could do this, a fighter. Also so soft and understanding and gentle. You like Yaakov, you like Kalev's speeches to die for. Like the, from the greatest speeches in history. Very short too. Let's, it's ironic, said the man who doesn't stop talking and on a Friday it's 1.30 and I keep going and going and I'm like praising Kalev's short, brief, what a powerful speech. He said it and so, did you ever hear a more powerful speech? Such a short, those words are so powerful. It's funny. You, you know, it's ironic. It's ironic, Johnny. Kalev's speech is all of Allah. His speech is Allah, Nalav, Yerash, Nuaisa, Kiyachol, Nuchla, eight words. Their speech is a few psukim. Loi we can't. There's like a long speech. The truth is brief and the shaker like they darshan. His speech is hard hitting and just true. We can, for we can, don't buy in. The naysayers and return to Mitzrayim. What a rage, what a rage. Has this debate ended ever? Should we go back to Mitzrayim of world of I can't? Yaakov, is this debate ever relevant? The debate between Kalev and the Miraglam is powerful. The Miraglam would say, we can't, let's go back. Let's go back to Mitzrayim, we can't. To Kali, who says we can. <laughs> we can't, we can't. It's too scary. They're right, there are a lot of obstacles to, to, big, to big places. They're giants, scary stuff. 
Many corpses die along the way. They said, I saw people who tried and had losses. Are they not right? And even he, and even here, yeah, isn't that amazing? And even here, they like, let's get back. Yaakov, isn't it fair? Read the Pesukim. This Shabbos, if you get a chance, just lay your eyes in these Pesukim. Just read them. It's like very... To add on what you were saying, they were at the 99% mark, and they would have preferred to go back to Egypt and to slavery. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that wild? When you say they would have preferred, Kaliv won us over. Remember, it's Yechidim. It was a few Rishayim. But we all had that voice. There was, mo- there was weakness. There was some weakness. We were not convinced. Ultimately, Yeshua and Kaliv win. Klal Yisrael hears the truth. We all have that because it's a part that they're not coming from a lie. It is hard. They're coming from something that's... Every liar is based on the truth. It is hard and there are losses. There are giants in Eretz Yisrael that try to get us. Anything good has that. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I want to sing a Shabbos song. If the guys don't mind, I want to sing a Shabbos song. <laughs> I want to sing, there are two Shabbos songs I want to sing, Lekavit Shabbos Kodesh. If the guys don't mind, on Shabbos we talk about going to the Beis HaMikdash and we're talking about Ola Nala going up. Let's sing Lemikta Sheikh Tov and then maybe we'll do a second one. Let's do Lamikta Sheikh Tov means Lamikta Sheikh Shuv. We should return to the Beis Amigdash. Ulakaidesh Kadashma to the Kaidesh Kadashim. So let's sing Lamikta Sheikh Tov. Take it away, Arya.
guys uncomfortable and angry. What a way to go into Shabbos. I want to tell you what, what I just did, Yehuda. I want to tell you a rule in life. You will see many debates. The career of the Ben Tyre, Yehuda. You sat across all year from Chabrus and you debate things. The unsophisticated debaters, heavy in any debate, Maishi and I have spoken about this, in any debate, the unsophisticated debater presents the stupidest side against them and knocks it. We'll go to politics. The unsophisticated Republican describes a Democrat who's a socialist, who's a communist, rips communism, and, and then supports his Republican. The Democrat, the unsophisticated Democrat, rips, goes to the extreme of Republicans, Ku Klux Klan, unexclusive elitism, goes to the extreme right who are haters, and rips that and supports what they are. That is the most unsophisticated form of arguing in the world. You're a fraud, and you guarantee that your sheep is a fake. And you never learn from the other side. That's a sophisticated Republican brings the best sheet of the Democrats. The one that's not extreme, that's not communist but has a point, a social agenda that's intelligent. And he says, even with that, I still hold what I hold. He actually gets inspired and can learn from the other side. And for any sophisticated person, it's a better stand-up for what you believe in. What I did today, Rabbi Say, is describe the yeshiva, but describe how somebody can argue in a sophisticated way. Not present or make fun of, say, ah, you ignore, no. You have to get the sophisticated other way of looking at it. And then still we continue to be who we are, but we've been impacted and impressed and learned from something. Always in your arguments, in any arguments, understand the sophisticated other way of looking at it and the best version of the other side, and do you still stand by what you hold? That's a sophisticated way of debating. Yaakov, you hear what I'm saying? Very, very important. So stop being uncomfortable, Hebram. We're on the same team in the deepest of ways. But we have to make ourselves uncomfortable by, by analyzing the most sophisticated other way of saying things. Do you hear what I'm saying, Zevi? A Yeshua to be Yeshua has to understand Kalev. A Kalev to be Kalev has to understand Yeshua. You can always present the unsophisticated version against you. Then you have, you don't, do you really have a sheet to then? You mocked, there's a sophisticated, what? Yeah, 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 it, brilliant. Viggy said your own sheet is like defiled. So that's what you're against? So you just make a mockery about a Republican who knocks a socialist and then smugs on Republican See, your own sheet is weak, so that's what you're against? That's who you defeated? How about the guy who's right in the middle who has a good point on the other side of where you are? 
in any machloikis, give the best version of the other side. And then what you hold is more powerful. Where do you hear what I'm saying? Ezra, you hear? Very, very important. Very. For truth's sake, to get to the truth, give the best version against you, not the stupid version. You know, even in debating, you're, you're arguing with Yechavrusi Yehuda, you could pursue, so your saying is, and you give like a bad version. Why don't you present the good version of what he's saying? He has a point. Now you disagree with the good version of what he's saying. That's much more powerful than mocking him the bad version. Yeah, you can mock and give a bad version of his side. And he might even be giving a bad version of his side. Give him the best version, and if you still disagree, now you're a real person. The best version of his side. Yaakov, you hear what you have to do? That's intellectually honest, and you get to much more clarity. Rebbe, are you supposed to answer these questions, or is, is you trying to get the answer to these questions, or are you supposed to tell them you could accept that there are questions that you still hold? Intelligent, what you're saying, yes. <laughs> I think there's sometimes questions, and still nothing's... You have to decide what the best option is, yeah. But I think you have to face the most sophisticated version of yeah, yeah, well said, well said, well said. But you know what I'm saying in an argument, Arye? Very, very important for an intellectually honest man if you are. When we argue something, the best version, we can give a ridiculous version of that. Then we like smugly rip the ridiculous version. That's Like Viggy said, you put down your own side to any sophisticated. Your own side is weaker now, so that's all you're against. How about a sophisticated guy who's not that? You have no answers for that? There's, there's a sophisticated... Any Republican, there's a sophisticated Democrat who's not, who's, who's not a communist. Now, you could say to him that your thing brings to that. Okay, so then talk. But don't rip as if the only thing against you is the unsophisticated. Are you masking? I think it's important. I think in the pursuit of truth, that's important. And I think in the question of the Kalevi Yeshua approach... The deep analyzation of what each approach does and doesn't do and the dangers have to be faced to say something serious on the matter. Shlomo, you mask him? You hear that rule in debates? All our lives. Don't debate an unsophisticated version against you. Even if the guy who's arguing, give him a better version than he's saying. It makes your opinion stronger because you're not like dumbed down truth where you are, I, I take him, make a mockery, and that's what I'm arguing. No, I know there's a sophisticated version and I still hold this is true. That's a heavyweight. Got it, Shlema? Let's make a beautiful Shabbos, my friends. Good Shabbos. There is such a thing of no, we're not afraid, we're not afraid, we're not afraid of truths, we're not just not afraid of things. Sometimes, 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 sometimes. Our truth is not afraid of other sides, it's not just for looking for the truth. Allah Nala will be successful, Johnny. Yachol we can.